Happy Saturday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kriebendruck Stock Market News. In today's episode, I will summarize and explain Friday's trading day. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Interesting data was released on Friday. U.S. business activity, according to Bloomberg, unexpectedly rose to almost a one-year high. In addition to that, the S&P 500 Global Purchasing Managers Index rose to 53.5, which is the highest level since May. The economic data is clearly pointing in the direction of a strong and resilient economy. We are seeing some weakness, for example, in the manufacturing sector, but that weakness does not justify, in my opinion, that markets are already pricing in rate cuts by the Federal Reserve this year. I believe, generally, just like Mohamed Elerian said in a recent interview on Bloomberg, that we live in a world of deficient aggregate supply. Geopolitical tensions and the Ukraine war have contributed to the fact that we have supply-side issues. The problem is that when all companies are faced by supply chain issues, they are able to raise their prices, even more by the amount their production costs increased. This means that we have indeed seen an increase in profit margins of companies. Procter & Gamble, perfect example, reported this earnings season that its gross margin improved 1.5% to 48.2%, which is the first improvement since 2021, according to the Financial Times. Even though sales of Procter & Gamble fell by 3%, sales revenue increased 4% compared to a year ago. This shows that companies are indeed still able to pass higher prices to consumers and those high profit margins of companies put inflationary pressures on the economy. The problem is that the Fed cannot fix the supply side of the economy. Hence, in order to bring demand and supply back in equilibrium, which is required in order to get inflation back to the 2% target, the Federal Reserve needs to keep rates at a higher level for longer until the consumer, who still has very high savings, and in addition to that, credit and debit card spending is growing faster than inflation. So the Fed has to stay hawkish until the consumer loses some of its resilience. But how can the Fed ensure that this indeed is happening? The labor market is the answer to that question. The labor market is still very resilient. The latest jobs report showed that the unemployment rate dropped to a level of 3.5%. Wage inflation still remains high, even though we are starting to see it come down. In order to bring inflation down, wage inflation needs to come significantly down. And in order, to, in order for that to happen, the unemployment rate needs to rise. Hence, I believe that the Fed will keep rates higher for longer than what is being priced in by markets until we see that um, weakness in the labor market. BlackRock, for example, believes that we should not read too much into the headline inflation number. It is true that the headline inflation number is coming down, but that is mostly because of falling energy prices. If you look at core inflation, which excludes the very volatile food and energy prices, core inflation still remains very sticky. So I generally believe that markets are mispricing rate cuts by the Federal Reserve in 2023. Anna Han, Wells Fargo, securities equity strategist, is a little more pessimistic about the economy. 
However, she also believes that the market is being too optimistic, but not really about interest rate cuts by the Fed, but about the economy. And that beautifully shows that markets are pricing in an unrealistic scenario. Just think about it. The market believes that we will see rate cuts this year, but the economy will remain resilient. That is what the markets believe. Hence, the only reason for the Fed to cut rates in this scenario is falling inflation. But if we look at core inflation, we can see that it remains very sticky. Anna Hand from Wells Fargo believes that we are seeing consumer spending slowing, retail spending slowing, and at the same time, the market believes that margins will hold up. Anna believes that the market should be more worried about credit risks and generally a slowing economy. She believes we will see economic weakness this year that is not being priced in by markets, and hence she expects that markets will be corrected to the downside by around 10% compared to the levels at, at which we are now. Basically, whether or not you believe that markets are mispricing rate cuts or the strength of the economy, it seems ever more likely that markets are mispricing something. Now, um, Mrs. Han from Wells Fargo believes that markets are not mispricing rate cuts, but they're mispricing the strength of the economy. And that makes perfect sense, because if we do see that economic weakness, then it is indeed likely that the Fed will cut rates this year by the amount that markets are being are, are pricing in. But, but if the Fed does cut rates, then we have the economic weakness. And that is then what is being mispriced by markets. I kind of, I believe that we're more on the interest rate risk side. So uh, less weakness in the economy. I believe the market is right about believing that the economy will stay resilient. But I don't believe it is right about um, the uh, interest uh, rate. Because if the economy remains resilient, the Fed will not cut rates. So like I said, uh, whichever side you choose, if you believe Ms. Han from Wells Fargo or other economists that believe, um, for, for example, Mohamed Elerian, he believes that the, that the markets should be more worried about interest rate risk. So uh, on whichever side you are on, I believe that um, it becomes ever more likely that the markets are mispricing something here. This um, Goldilocks scenario that is being priced and this scenario of immaculate disinflation, basically a situation where you see inflation falling, but the economy remaining resilient, the labor market remaining resilient. That is a very, very unrealistic scenario, and it does not take into account the Phillips trade-off. When we look back in the 1970s, for example, Paul Volcker took into account that we need to see economic weakness in order for inflation to fall back to the 2% target. And that is just simply simple macroeconomic theory. And I do not believe that it will be different this time, especially because the consumer is uh, ever more resilient and it, it, the consumer has all of these spendings, all of this, uh, these record high savings from uh, the pandemic and because of all that liquidity that was pumped into the market during, during the COVID pandemic. So I definitely believe that markets... Um, are pricing in an unrealistic Goldilocks scenario because immaculate disinflation, in my opinion, is simply highly, highly unrealistic in this environment. Um, so, yeah, it, I believe that um, a weak economy, a clearly weakening economy is the only way for inflation to fall back to 2%. And, um, yeah, hence I believe the Fed will stay hawkish until we see that weakness in the economy. Um, let us take a look at how the major ind indices, uh, indexes, U.S. indexes performed yesterday. The S&P 500 finished the trading day up 3.73 points and increased to 4,133.52. 
The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 22.34 points at 33,808.96 and the Nasdaq 100 was up 12.9 points at 12,072.46. The 10-year Treasury yield was up by two basis points and increased to 3.566% and the VIX Volatility Index was down again by 2.33% and dropped to 16.77 points. In addition to Procter & Gamble, Regions Financial, a small U.S. bank, reported earnings that fell short of earnings per share forecast. However, revenue was just in line with expectations and deposits remained stable, which is indeed a very good sign. Nathan Peterson, director of derivatives analysis at the Schwab Center for Financial Research, believes that, quote, it is tough to have high conviction either on the bullish or bearish side, bearish side of the current market levels. And with many companies yet to report more quarterly results, we will likely have a better sense of whether the next leg for equity markets is higher or lower next week based on mega cap tech results, end of quote. The S&P 500 has been mostly flirting with chart resistance around 4,200, but bullish investors have not been able to muster the buying momentum to push the S&P 500 above that mark, according to Nathan Peterson. And this quote, uh, this comment by Nathan Peterson has been mentioned on the Schwab Market Update podcast. And that is it for today's stock market coverage. Another episode of the Talk Stock Market News will be released on Monday. Have a great rest of your weekend and a good start to the next week.